Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well. This message stirs your faith, falls on good ground, and produces good fruit in your lives. Today, as you guys see from the title, we are going to have coffee at the table. Yup, baby. So, you know, whenever you listen to this, if you got your coffee mug with you, even if it's full of tea or water or something else, yeah, <laughs> yeah baby, just sip and enjoy this message um that's so good before we get started and i get into you know my little song and dance because y'all know when i get the going i get the going and it's like oh wait i ain't said no prayer so before i even jump on in this thing i'm gonna say a prayer and then we gonna start all right spirit of the living god we come to you right now we just want to say thank you for allowing us to see another day hallelujah jesus for being just who you are What a miracle it is to have this gift called life. We may not have it the way we want it to be. Every I may not be dotted the way we want it to be. Every T may not be crossed. But Father God, we thank you that we have what we need. And what we need is to sustain us. And so I thank you, Jesus, that you give us just enough as you continue to pull us on the path that you have in store for us thank you god that when we need another blessing when we need another miracle when there is a need you meet and fill the need and so i thank you god that whatever my brother my sister out there is thinking about stressing about worrying about crying over god that you already have it figured out you already have it worked out you're already mending and tending to their their wounds and their hearts you're you're already just stirring it up you're already working on something special just for them we may not see it we may not have all the answers of how we may make our plans all day long but i thank you god that while we may make our plans you lord determine our steps and so father god let this message fall on good ground let it be an on-time word for somebody out there that says "Ooh, sister child i need it to hear this word god let it produce good fruit in the lives of your children let them not just be hearers of the word but be doers of the word as well to take this word and run with it God, revive their lives in the area of their lives that needs resuscitation. Father God, I pray that you revive them. Heavenly Father, help them to be the agent of revival, the kingdom ambassador, the disciple that you have always created for them to be. Let us bring you glory, honor, and praise in the things that we do, the the things that we say, the way we live our lives, the people who we bring to you, Jesus, by showing them the salt and light that is you through us in this earth. God, may you be ye glorified. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. All right, y'all. So today we're going to talk about coffee at the table. And um, it's interesting because 
I got inspired by Coffee at the Table based on a message I recorded. <laughs> Just for y'all. I, I have recorded. I don't even remember what day it was. Um, but I was listening to. Oh, you know what? I think it was the message representing headquarters. That's what I think it was. I was listening to that message. And as I was on my way to the gym, I don't know why. I just felt like it was a word for me. <laughs> like it wasn't just a word for y'all, but there was something in it for me as I was listening. And as I was listening and just reflecting on what I was going to teach on that day, which I didn't get a chance to do it the day I was listening to it, which was the other day. Um, but I got to it today and I was like, okay, God, this is, that's so good. Coffee at the table. Like, ooh, that's just so good, God. And I can't tell y'all what was my exact sentence <laughs> that made me say coffee at the table. But I said it and and as I was listening to it in the car, I remember thinking about a um a TV show that I like that I that you guys have heard me talk about many times before called The Chosen. And on The Chosen, um there's a particular scene I think it's in the first season where um, Jesus sits down with Nicodemus. And this is also biblical. It's scripture, which we're going to get to today of this particular scene. But in the scene, Jesus is basically having coffee at the table, <laughs> you know, in a sense uh, with Nicodemus. Cause I don't think they drank coffee back then. So probably just water or wine at the table, but it just made me think about how God wants to have that with us. Like he wants to be able to come at our kitchen table and have a meal with us. Remember, I told you guys, Revelation 3.20 says, um, I knock at the door. If you hear me and open it, I will come in and we will share a meal together. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's what God intends for all of us to be able to have such a vulnerable, comfortable passionate impersonal relationship with the father where we could just sit there and have kitchen table talk you know all of us have that kitchen table talk what do i mean by that for those that's like what's kitchen table talk if you come from a different country you don't know what that's um like here in america kitchen table talk means that we sit down and we talk about things that you probably wouldn't want recorded for social media you probably wouldn't want anybody to just hear or say you know you it's your vulnerable place where it's your kitchen table you get to just say whatever you want to say because you in your house you feel like you're in the confines of your four walls I don't mean that you literally have a house of four walls I'm just saying like the walls that's surrounding your kitchen table and it's just you and the walls and so um, you get to be vulnerable. You get to say whatever you want to say, whatever you're thinking, how you thinking it, how you really want to say it. Cause you know, out there in the world, because especially in today's time, child, I may be a millennial, but I'm like, listen, some of these people are just way too sensitive for even me. Okay, baby. Like we need to get rid of this cancel culture. We need to get rid of this. Uh, you got to apologize for every single thing. You got to apologize for breathing. Like it's ridiculous. But I'm not going to go into a tangent on that because we'd be there for a while. Anyway, moving on, you know, kitchen table talk, you're able to just say whatever you want, however you want to say it. And you don't worry about the consequences. You don't worry about what somebody's going to think of you for saying it because you're like, hey, this is my kitchen table. I'm going to say what I want to say. And that's how God wants to be with us. He wants to sit down at our at our tables, have coffee with us. 
and just pour your heart out in whatever way you got to say it. I teach people all the time, like when it comes to prayer, it doesn't have to be so, oh, heavenly father, for art thou, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be so grandiose. There are times, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, where I talk to God many, 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 many times, like I talk to y'all. Sometimes it, it just be like, hey, God, look, boom, you got me? Okay. <laughs> because he knows our thoughts. And so sometimes I may not even can get the words out, but I'll just, you know, I told you guys before of an example I gave. I don't even remember what, what episode that was either, but that's why I listen to every day. With my everyday ones, you know, I'm talking, talking about where I said, um, you know, I was at the nail salon with my girlfriends and, um, you know, we had such a connection back then where I literally could like look at her. She could look at me and we would have an entire conversation without ever saying a word. <laughs> and then got in the car and was like, girl, did you? Yes. Child. Right. Okay, we had a whole conversation <laughs> with with just a look, with just some few words, and it just was. It didn't even need to be filled in with the rest of the words. We don't got to fill in a sentence. We, you just know what's being said. And so, God saying, "Had coffee at the table with me." Whatever time you listen to this message, let this be your wake up call. To have coffee at the table with Jesus, because He wants to be welcomed into your life. Jesus never wanted a relationship with you on Sunday morning. God never wanted a relationship with you during Bible study uh, at the church. And, and that's it. No. He said, I want to come into your home. That's what it means of if you hear me knocking at the door. Because if you think about it, there's doorways everywhere. It, it's not just doorways in our um you know, in our bedroom house or at the at the door of our house, period, then to our house. There's doors everywhere, everywhere, excuse me. God is saying more so spiritually, I want to enter into your heart. And so if you let me enter into your heart, then I'm able to go wherever you go. And when I'm going with wherever you go, that means I'm in every conversation you're having. This is why it also ties into, as we've been studying these last few episodes, the Sermon on the Mount of... um. Being salt and light. What that really means is wherever you go, you represent Jesus. People should be able to see it in the way you walk. They should be able to hear it in the way you talk. They should be able to understand it in the way you serve others. Of who you really serve, which is your one true God. It, they shouldn't have to like question and try to figure it out and wonder and, and guess. And it shouldn't be a guessing game. It should be clear evident. Of okay, I know who you serve. I I I just see it in your heart posture. I know where that joy come from. That come from Jesus, cause ain't nothing but Jesus can give you that joy. I know where that peace come from. Ooh, that fire just hit you and you ain't even burn up. You don't smell like smoke and you ain't even get pissed off. That the fire. Oh no 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 no. That, that's that's peace from Jesus. I know that. You know, and even if they don't know that, there'll be something in them, because we all. Our spirits wrapped in flesh. That means we all came from heaven and were birthed into the earth of sin. And then because of sin, you either went one or, or the other way. You either went representing Satan's kingdom of sin. Or you're working, operating towards representing and continuing to represent God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. But the choice is yours. And so... um. And so, yeah, so back to 
this particular um, scene on, on The Chosen, Jesus sits down with Nicodemus and they're just having a conversation. And as, you know, Nicodemus is having a conversation with him is when he's starting to see the revelation of who Jesus is. And it's so beautifully played out in the show. So if you have not seen the TV show, The Chosen, please go and Google it. Um, you can actually download The Chosen app and watch the entire three seasons that they have so far out on the app free of charge. It's such an amazing show. I promise you it's worth watching and it's definitely worth binging. Um, and so, you know, you just, you're watching Jesus and Nicodemus basically at the table having, um, having coffee <laughs> and they're talking and it, Nicodemus is allowed to be vulnerable. He's allowed to ask questions that in, in the synagogue where he is, because Nicodemus is a rabbi for those that's like, you know, don't know their Bible. In the synagogue, he wouldn't even be able to ask the questions that he's now able to ask Jesus because he can't be that vulnerable. Sadly enough, and we see that in today's church where people that go to the church organizations feel like they can't even be vulnerable with God the way they need to be. It's so interesting how the church has become less of a hospital and more of a popularity contest. It's become more of the who's who of Hollywood in every single church, especially across America. And it's like, what, whatever happened to it being a hospital? Because that's what Jesus said. He said, I, I, I came not for those who are healthy and think that for those, excuse me, who think they are healthy and don't have any and think they don't have any sin. I came for those who are sick and in need of a savior. So he's supposed to be the church supposed to be a hospital. He's supposed to be the doctor that we go to. But sadly, many people cannot even go to the building of the church organization and receive the care that they need to feel better and heal them. And so we see people walking into the church buildings and they have a mask on pretending that everything's okay. They have their sunglasses on. Because they just want to pretend like things are good. They don't want you to see the tears. And you escort them to the to their VIP seats. Which is still hilarious to me that churches have that nowadays. But anywho, you escort them to their VIP seats. And they leave the same way they came in. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You have that wrong. See, I want to come and sit down and share a meal with you. I want to sit at the coffee table. Let's have a talk. Let's chit chat. Sure, I'll have tea. Give me two um, two scoops of sugar. Thank you very much. Stir that. Maybe no, you know what? Maybe Jesus like honey. I'll take the sugar back. I think Jesus might like honey. Mm-hmm. Yes, just just send the honeybees over. Uh-huh. You may say, Well, Jesus, we got honey. No, no, no. I see I'm Jesus. I can just have the honeybees come deposit the honey. This this just the way I be thinking about Jesus, y'all. Like, you know, just thank you very much. Yeah, so let's just sit down and talk. And so today we just gonna sit down and talk. And we're gonna have a conversation with Jesus. And we're gonna hear what Jesus gotta say. And that doesn't doesn't mean I don't want anybody saying, Oh, blasphemy, she thinks she's Jesus. No, I did not say that. I said we are going to have a conversation with Jesus that means we're going to get into his word and the red letters in the Bible mean that it's words that um, he spoke we're going to have a conversation with Jesus that means we're going to listen to him teach 
and we're going to just sip our tea and our coffee or whatever you're drinking and enjoy the conversation, letting the father teach us, letting him have a conversation with us. Just as Nicodemus had the conversation with Jesus himself. And I want you, I, I give practical examples for any new listeners out there. I give practical examples for spiritual principles because I want you to start thinking about your heavenly father in the same construct, not fully in terms of humanity, but I mean, in the construct of how vulnerable you would be or want to be with your earthly parents, because there are some people who are not able to be vulnerable with their earthly parents for whatever reason, but there are some that are. And your heavenly father says, I want an even deeper relationship than that with you. But I need you to let me into your heart to hear me knocking and pricking at your door and let me come in and share this meal with you. Let's sit down and have some coffee at the table and have kitchen table talk. Let's be real because he already knows our hearts anyway. He already knows what we're going through anyway. He already knows what's on our mind. So why not? Be vulnerable with the father. I talked before on how when I had my first encounter with Jesus in heaven and how the true posture of my heart was released out of my mouth, even though I didn't even wasn't even thinking what came out of my mouth. It just flowed from my heart because when you're in front of truth, you can't lie to truth because the real condition of your heart will always shine through. And so that's how Jesus wants you to be with him. Sit down. Let's have coffee at the table. And let's talk. Be real with me. Share with me. Be vulnerable with me. And then let me teach you. That's also what Matthew 11 verse 20 through 30 means when he says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let me teach you. For I am gentle and humble at heart. Let me give you rest for the burden I give is light or take my yoke upon you. Let me give you rest for the burden I give is light. When we take it to the father and we're willing to sit down, and have coffee at the table with him. He then does an exchange that you sometimes aren't even aware of because while you're pouring out and even crying out your problems or frustrations or even just thoughts that are in your mind you're getting poured back in peace you ever notice how it's something that upsets you um or disappoints you or whatever and you cry and you have a good cry and when you done you just feel like a calm like just a sudden calm and sometimes you feel sleepy that's the exchange god took what was bothering you was upsetting you was hurting your heart he took that as you were vulnerable enough to release it and then he poured back into the peace that surpasses all understanding but though god pours the peace that surpasses all understanding to to us it is also our job to hold on to it and walk it out because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom we may devour so he's going to always try and snuff that peace out so you got to be on guard. Stay alert is what that says in first Peter. Stay alert because your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This means he's never going to stop trying to attack you. He's never going to stop trying to take your peace that Jesus freely gives to you. He's never going to stop trying to knock you off of the path of salvation. So you got to walk your salvation out and work on it every single day. The devil doesn't want Jesus to come into your heart, to come into your home, to share a meal with you, to sit down at the coffee table. 
And so he's going to try and send distraction at the distraction, issue after issue, problem after problem, whatever he can to keep snatching the seed away. Remember I talked before on scattered seeds. Go and read that text if you if you missed that. Um, you know, the parable of the scattered seeds. That's what it means. Like soon as God scatter, you know, um throws the seed out to you to bless your heart, to fill you with peace, to fill you with ease, to fill you with some wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, to give you rest, here come the enemy snatching it away. But it is your job to stand on guard against that. And so this is, again, why it's so important for us to just sit down right now with the father and have coffee at the table. So let's go. Let's start in John chapter three. Uh, I know I said Matthew seven. We're going to get there in a minute because um, we do have to con- finish the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount that we've been um, talking about the last few episodes. But I do want to um, talk about Nicodemus for a minute. Nicodemus chapter three of John, the book of John. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We're going to read this interaction that Jesus has with him. And then go from there. And let's just hear what Jesus got to say to us while we sip our coffee at the table. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with us. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I'm going to read that again. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit, the Holy Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen. And yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the son of man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world 
But people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Or so that they can see God working as he does. Okay, so we just received some downloads from Jesus. I hope you were sipping your coffee and enjoying it. I'm going to take my sip of water real quick and then get into this. Okay. So, Jesus just gave us a whole mouthful. And this ties into why um, you guys hear me teach about how you have to work out your salvation. Because it's not just about going off of the merit of somebody else's faith that, that helped raise you. Or going off of the merit of, well, I once one day sort of kind of used to back in the day, went to church and I got baptized and I was like nine, ten, five years old. So that's enough, right? And, or I got baptized a few years ago and that's enough, right? It's not enough if you're not born of the spirit. To be born of the Holy Spirit means that there is a transformation that happens in your heart, in your mind. That's why it says, and uh, I believe it's in Romans, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't change your heart posture. Nobody can change a heart posture, but the Holy Spirit can change a heart posture. That's what it means to be born again. Your heart posture changes. You are willing to learn something new, to learn a new way of life, to learn how to operate under a new authority. Because again, like I said earlier, we are all born into sin. And so because we are all born into sin, that means we have the temptation to go a different way. As we grow in this earth, we get further and further away from the spiritual portion of our lives that was once in heaven. Though, yes, we are spirits wrapped in flesh, we still are flesh. And when you grow up, you get used to the things of this world and you become disconnected from the things of the spirit realm. This is why people find it um, either scary or difficult to understand spirits or things of the spiritual realm that God still talks that they, you know, they find it hard to believe miracle signs and wonders to believe in God and take him at his word that he will never leave you nor forsake you, that he will supply every need. Remember Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously and everything else will be added unto you. There are many people in the church who either have never seen it before or are afraid to see it because they're still operating by the the um the curse of the sin that god had spoken to adam that says because of your sin this is back in genesis you will have to earn a living by the sweat of your brow and so we see that today people will work themselves into the grave to earn an extra dollar or whatever 
currency your country has. And they don't rest. They don't rest. They don't take a break. They don't even stop to eat or drink. Nothing. It's just work, 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 work. Always trying to get to that next and never satisfied. But God says, if you operate in my new life I'm trying to give you, if you become born again, you learn that there's a better way to live. That even in this earth, while you will have many trials, sorrows, and persecutions, I also will give you a good quality of life. That means a balanced life that will look like Ecclesiastes 3, where there's a time for everything, where you will see a time to mourn and a time to laugh, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time for joy and a time for pain. You will have a balanced life. A balanced quality of life instead of just seeing one form of life. Seeing life is just hard and that's it. And and you don't even have any joy. You don't have anything to be happy about to find laughter in. But it's up to us to decide. And I pray that you decide today. That I want to serve God and I want to have a new way of life. A lot of people I watch this show called... um. You know what? I'm not going to say the name of the show. <laughs> I just watched this show that um, travels with very, you know, different Americans that will leave America. You know, and not just America, actually. They, they've expanded it. It used to just be Americans, but now it's worldwide. They'll take people who will leave their native homeland or country and move abroad somewhere else to another country. And every person says the same thing. I was having this conversation with God the other day at my own kitchen table. <laughs> and I was like, God, you know that show I like. And I said, I notice a pattern. Every person that comes on the show, I don't care what skin color, what, what culture, what race, how, how tall, big, small, don't matter. All say the same thing. They're leaving their homeland or where they've been living for a better quality of life. And then they get there and they check in with the families like a few months later and the families will say, oh, yes, better. But I guarantee you, if you was to come check out with that family years later, they would still feel like the same way they felt before. You want to know why? Because you're looking for the external things to give you that value, that quality of life, that peace, that um, that balance. Balance comes from within. Remember, I taught you guys from the book Balance. If you have not read that book, I strongly encourage you to go read the book of Balance by um, Torrey Roberts. Uh, he says in the book, quoting from um, a woman named Betsy Jacobson, that balance is not about better time management. It's about better boundary management. So that means that wherever you are living, you don't have to be in a different country to feel like, okay, when I get there, I'll have balance. That's the same thing as people that say, oh, well, when I get this level of money, I'll have balance. I'll have happiness. I'll have peace. Think life will be better for me. No, you got to find that in your today. You got to learn how to be content with your lot today because you will keep trying to strive to reach that mountaintop and you'll get to the mountaintop and then find this it. And so then you're back down the mountain to search for another level of excitement, another thing to 
make you feel like, okay, well, when I get there, I'll, I'll feel a little bit better. Because when you get to whatever mountaintop you want to be at, you know what you're going to see when you look up? Another mountaintop. <laughs> go look at mountain terrains. Go Google right now some pictures of mountain terrains. It's it's only a few mountains that actually, like, you uh, could climb, I believe, to the, like, very, 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 very highest peak. But most times, you may think you get to the highest peak where you started climbing. And then you look up and you're like, oh, that mountain over there look a lot higher. Or you'll even go searching somewhere else and find that there's another mountain that's an even higher peak than the one you just climbed. And so you get what I'm trying to say? Like you'll you'll never feel like you've arrived or you've gotten there to that level of peace, that level of balance, that level of happiness, that level, level of inner joy until you are born again. Because it's from within when the Holy Spirit does a working in your heart and you allow the work to be done where your healing begins and ends. Where it can grow and manifest and where you also can find the peace that you want, the joy that you want, the balance that you want, the boundaries that you want to put up. It's all going to come from within. I didn't get here today because of external things. I got here today because I did the inner working to be able to teach you guys this same thing. And so you may say, well, how does this tie into being a kingdom ambassador? Because God does not want us to be unhealthy representatives of him. I mean, come on, think about it in terms of let's make it again, practical example, spiritual principle. If you look at earthly, earthly kingdoms, if the king or queen of that particular country is the only one rich and everybody else is poor everybody else is starving then how wealthy is that country really how successful is that country doing really how prosperous is that country doing honestly yeah, you'll look at the king and say, oh, wow, the king is just, you know, immaculate and and just dressed in all of the most fabulous robes. Remember I told you before in Matthew 6 uh, in yesterday's episode, oh, it's just, the king is just in all the most glamorous robes and 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 just looks so amazing. And they're decked out in their houses up the, the, the wazoo, their their castles or whatever. Yeah, but if if everybody else that's under their rulership are paupers begging at the gates then how prosperous is your country really doing? You're the only one benefiting. And so there has to be, in a sense, a middle class. There has to be something to show that, okay, it's not just the king or the queen that's prospering, but there's prosperity going around. That, okay, there are some people that actually look like the wealth of that land, of that nation, of that region. It's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. If we all just walk around look like miserable Christians, joyless Christians, how far do you think anybody who is not a believer will want to go? Why would they want to come and join our, our church, the global church body, if everybody looked miserable and disheveled and sad and and lonely and, and depressed and, you know, just 
impoverished spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, wh why? Why would I, I want to go over there and everybody's sick? Everybody unhealthy. No, Nobody's getting better? Then that ain't the doctor for me. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, if you were trying to find a doctor today, wherever you are, we all have doctors in whatever country you're in. If you were trying to find a doctor today for whatever your issue is, on, on, you know, with your body, you want to go to the best doctor, right? You're not trying to go to a doctor that um, has a high death rate. <laughs> You're not trying to go to the doctor that got a lot of malpractice lawsuits. You're not trying to go to the doctor that wasn't able to cure nobody, wasn't able to help nobody, always giving bad advice, always giving bad medicine, always, um, you know, giving people the wrong diagnoses and lead them down the wrong path. You like, uh-uh, I'm not going to that doctor. I'm not trusting that doctor with my life or with my health. And so God said the same thing to us. Like, why would I not take care of my children? Why would I have you? Why, why would I present that heaven is so amazing and then never show anything amazing from heaven? And you may say, well, well, Jesus was kind of born uh, a humble uh, and lived a humble life. He did, but he was rich in the things of the spirit. That's why we get the gospels where he did countless miracles because he was rich in the things of the spirit, because that's where you represent Jesus. That's what, um, excuse me. That's what you represent God at. So he was rich in the things of the spirit. Even if he didn't have a lot of earthly things that many would want to desire and possess today. And so again, like we got to look like Jesus. But we got to let the working be done in our heart first. So this is why he's saying to Nicodemus, he's saying to us today, let me do a working in your, in your life, in your heart. I'm knocking at the door. I want to come in and share a meal with you and have coffee at the table, but you got to let me in. And let me fill you up just like a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. It warms your heart when you sip it down. But then it cools off because it was only a sip. But God says, or Jesus says rather to the Samaritan woman, I am living water. If you come and drink from me, I promise you, you'll never go thirsty again. That means you will never feel cold again. You will always feel that warmth because the presence of the Lord will be with you always. But you got to let him in. And so now I'm going to move on <laughs> to... um. Matthew chapter seven. Let's let's finish this out. I'm going to read this passage to you. Um, This is the the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to continue to listen as we sip our coffee. Well, you sip, sip your coffee. <laughs> I'm going to sip some Lord's water before I finish reading this to you. And we're going to just hear some more of what Jesus had to say. I like to think of this as if he was sitting down. I mean, excuse me, while he was sitting down with Nicodemus at the table, but put your name in there. You know, let's, let's, you know what? Yeah, let's take Nicodemus out of for a minute. We, we just parted ways from Nicodemus conversation and now Jesus is sitting at your table. And so now he's going to give you some more information, some more things to help you understand um, what he's looking for out of you to be the ambassador of his kingdom. What's the job qualifications? What's the requirements? How does he want you to serve him? We're going to get into that in Matthew chapter 7. So let me take a sip of water and I'll start reading it to you. Okay. And so it reads as such. 
do not judge others. <laughs> I'm laughing because if Jesus sits at this table and that's the first thing he says, you're going to be like, oh, I, I mean, you know, jeez. <laughs> I mean, could you start me off a little, uh, a, a little easier than that? <laughs> I feel like you just came in my throat with it. But I will say this again, this is the end of the sermon. And so if you missed yesterday's and the day before episode, then you got to go listen to that episode where I started at the beginning of his sermon, where it was a little bit easier. <laughs> but now we're at the end of the sermon. It's nitty gritty. It's, it's, it's time for the home run to be had. It's time for the last shot to win the game. It's time for that last touchdown score to win, to win the, the game. So this is where we at right now. Okay. So just, just, just hold on. Hold on, just hold your cup a little tighter. So you about to fall. I know it's about to drop. Catch it, hold it. You know, you might put it down back on the plate or on the table for a minute <laughs> while I get through this, okay? Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get that speck out of your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? Okay, let's pause right here because that just said a whole bunch before we continue on the text. So what Jesus is basically showing us and speaking to us in this moment is how to have the mentality, like what it's going to take in order to represent his kingdom is we cannot be ambassadors in the world that's going to go out and judge the world. That's not our job that he gave us. He's the judge. Our job is to love them. Our job is to pray for them. Our job is to shine a light in a dark room. They're going to come our, our way. They're going to cross our paths in whatever capacity. Some will not be dressed the way that we may think they should be dressed. They may not look the part. They may not talk the part. They may not act the part. But it is not for you to beat them over the head with the Bible. Or even to beat them over here with a bunch of rules. And I'll give you a prime example. I remember I was attending um, a, a church service. It was almost also, um, I'll just say a church service. I was attending a church service. And um, somebody had stood up. Somebody that was in the back had stood up on the, um, I guess the pews. The, the pews. Stood up on the pews to see what was happening at the front of the church. Well, somebody came up and scolded them and even kind of tapped them and, you know, get down. This is a holy place. And I mean, just went down the list. Now, this was a person 
who I was actually near them, so I saw this, <laughs> smelled like alcohol. So that means they probably just came from the bar. They don't know. They just seen something amazing happening in the church, wanted to come in the church. And here you could have possibly, and I say possibly because I don't know if that person came back to the church or not. I was a visitor. But you could have possibly lost that person from coming back next week because you just scolded them with all of your rules that they didn't know about how they should be, their, the protocol, how you should stand and sit or whatever in, in the building. They don't know that. But how interesting it is that you can go to a neighborhood bar. You can go, as I think of Cheers, <laughs> the, the um, TV show Cheers. You can go to a neighborhood bar. You can go to a sports arena. You can go to your favorite celebrity concert, wherever, and stand in the chairs and nobody says a thing. They welcome it. It's exciting. And I say that because remember I told you guys before of a message that I came across where somebody gave a similar example of that where they talked about how, you know, I'll tell you, God work it out. They talked about how, um, you know, a, a drunk, an alcoholic went to church and was scolded about everything they did wrong and, and how they smelled like alcohol and just how much of a sinner they was. And, and, um, and so they weren't even welcomed. And yet they went to the bar and as soon as they opened the bar door, the bartender and people in the bar greeted them and said, Hey, welcome in. Come on, sit down, enjoy yourself, kick back. Can I get you anything? They found more customer friendly service at the neighborhood bar than they did at the church. And God is saying to us through this message, excuse me, Jesus is saying to us through this message as his bride, the church. That means the global body of Jesus Christ. Do not judge. How you treat others is how you should be treated. Or how you will be treated rather. Don't represent me in that way that the world represents. Represent me better. Do it better. Get it right. Shine a light in a dark place. Be more welcoming. Give grace, the same grace that God gives us. Because we all make mistakes and fall short of God's glory every day. There's nobody that's perfect. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Excuse me for everybody out there that's like, ah, I'm perfect. You're not. We're being perfected every day in Christ Jesus. But you're not perfect. And so Jesus has asked us to do the same thing of that he gives to us. Give grace. If God gives good gifts to us, which is grace, why can't we give it to others? And then on top of that, why would we not expect him to give that same good gift to somebody else who might be a lost sheep while you feel like you're found? God's saying, no, represent me the right way. I'm not sending you out into the world to judge the world. I'm going to do that. I'm sending you out into the world to love the world, to pray for the world. That doesn't mean love everything in the world. There's a scripture that says hate. I think it's in Ephesians um, 5, either 4 or 5. It says hate what is bad, but hold tight to what is good. So, no, we're not meant to go out into the world and love every single thing in the world and love every single person's way of life in the world. No. 
that's what the world teaches. Love everything, love everybody, love every way of life, um, be accepting of it all. No, but I'm not going to judge you for it either. I'm going to pray for you and let God deal with it, but I'm going to love you in my actions. I'm going to show you God's love in the way I deal with you and the way I interact with you because it is not my job to change your heart. I don't have that power. You don't have that power either. The Holy Spirit has that power to change a person's heart. And so if we do our part and represent the king the right way, then the heart posture can be changed of the affected person. Of the person that God wants to shine a light to in that dark place. And that dark place doesn't necessarily mean that they're in depression. I mean that they are not illuminated by the truth of who God is, who Jesus Christ is as their Lord and Savior. So they're in the darkness of sin of the world. And so he's saying, I'm giving you a new way to live. Honor it, receive it, and then go out and make disciples. Let's continue on the text. This is my favorite, favorite scripture I'm about to read. You guys heard me talk about it countless times. It's the way I've lived my life since I was a little girl. Uh, Matthew 7, verse 12, do unto others whatever you like them to do unto you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. I'm going to read that again. It is called the golden rule in the Bible. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. That means that if you want somebody to not judge you, don't judge. If you want somebody to be welcoming to you and loving and kind to you, be it to others. If you want somebody to extend grace to you and um, and compassion to you and understanding to you, give it back. Because again, the same measure in which you judge, we just read that, you will be judged. The same measure in which you handle people, you will be handled. You cannot expect to um, plant a bad seed and reap a good harvest. It doesn't work that way. You will always reap what you sow. That is biblical. That's not just something we hear in the world today. It's actually biblical. You will reap what you sow. And so you have to be intentional every day because the enemy don't want you to, to plant good seeds. He's going to throw everything he can at you to snatch the seed away. But God put good seeds in all of our hearts. And he says, let those seeds grow, plant them, do the will of your father. You are an ambassador, represent him well. And when you mess up, when you fall short of his glory, repent, try again. That means turn away from the way you just did it. Correct the behavior and try again. Try again that next minute, that next hour, the next day. Try again tomorrow. But don't give up. Don't stop trying. I don't care how bad the world may treat you or show you a different way. You do not represent the world. You represent God's kingdom in heaven. Though you are in this world, you are not of this world. And so you have to understand, again, that you are a spirit from God that was birthed into a flesh of the body, but you still are supposed to represent your heavenly father, though you're in an earthly place. Let's continue on in verse 13. This is the narrow gate. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell or the road that leads to destruction is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Verse 15, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. 
that is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Sidebar really quick before I continue on. This is what it means when you guys hear me say become a fruit inspector. This is the scripture text. Read it, study it, understand it, dissect it, ask the God and his Holy Spirit for more wisdom to help you walk this out. Become a fruit inspector. You can identify people's fruit, who they really represent, God or Satan, by their actions. True disciples of Jesus. This is what it says in verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the, the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Woof! That was a lot. I know, I need to take some water. While y'all sipping y'all coffee at the table, I'm sitting here reading y'all. <laughs> Let me take a sip of water. Woo! Baby. Jesus just gave us a whole mouthful. And for those um, that want more um, context and clarity, those that want to study more, I strongly encourage you to take time, go go open your Bibles or download a Bible app and read Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, which is the entire Sermon on the Mount to get the full download. As well as, like I said, I've been talking about it in the last few episodes. Um breaking it down bit by bit as I just did today to help you understand that since we represent the king this is the way we're meant to live our life Jesus did what the entire bible tries to do and I don't mean try and fail I mean that they like he made it simpler is what I'm trying to say Jesus said let me sum this up to you in one one sermon message I feel like Jesus could have a drop the mic moment because he literally said, let me sum up the entire Bible and the entire law, Moses' law that's in Exodus, uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Let me let me sum up all of that to give you what it, what the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, excuse me, is really about. And that's what he does in the Sermon on the Mount. It's about teaching us that it's not about. Um, trying to stick so much to the letter of the law. It's about the way you live your life. That's why I said Jesus earlier. Um, I said to you guys, Jesus wants to come in and, and share a meal with you. He wants to have coffee at the table with you. 
Because that means he wants to go wherever you go. He wants you to invite him into your most vulnerable moments. It's not just about an encounter with, that you have with him on Sunday mornings or on midweek service or Tuesday night Bible study. No, it's it's literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred seven days a week, excuse me, 365 days a year and 366 depending on leap year. God says, I want to be in every aspect of your life, every second, minute, hour, millisecond, time, day, week of your life. I want to go. I want to be. I want to be invited in. I want to be in those vulnerable moments. I also want to be at those celebratory moments. Because at our kitchen tables, we have moments of vulnerability. You got moments where you're paying your bills and you're a little frustrated. But you also got moments of joy. You got moments of laughter. You got moments where you're sharing meals with your family, holiday dinners and whatnot. And so you got to be willing to let the father in and have kitchen table talk. Let him take a sip with him. Let's have coffee at the table. And I guarantee you, you will find when you consistently do it that your heart posture changes. You grow more and more like your father. And as you grow more and more like your father, you're able to truly be the kingdom ambassador that he's always created and destined for you to be. So over time, out of time, whatever. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord of God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give his shalom. Give his peace. Until next time, guys. Take care. Love you. Bye now.